welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady, and I am so glad that you're here. I just want to take a quick moment to remind you that you can always reach out to me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. You can also direct message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. I love hearing from you, whether that's feedback on this episode, questions, comments, suggestions. I love hearing it all. So feel free to reach out anytime. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Okay, so before we get into this episode too deep, I want to say one thing before I get started. Both of my parents are deceased. My mom passed away at age 53 from ovarian cancer. She died in 2010. And my father passed away more recently uh, in 2019. He was 62, I believe, and he had pancreatic cancer. So uh, because they both figure into today's episode, I wanted to let you know up front that they have both passed and uh, they will not be hearing this episode. And I don't know, I just thought that would be something that I needed to share up front before I continue. So this is a little bit difficult for me to talk about, but I wanted to share it's something that has been in running through my mind. I wanted to share the reason behind the reason that I started running, if that makes sense. So I'm going to go back a little bit um, into history, and I hope I don't bore you all too much, but just let's just say that this is story time with Michelle and the reason behind the reason that I started running. So when I was a child, my parents went through some hard times and my dad was in and out of jail for most of the time that I remember as, as a child and my mom. So she, you know, she had to do most things by herself and she was inessential in inessential makes no sense. Essentially a single parent, even though she wasn't technically one. And by the time I turned nine, my dad was arrested. I remember the day he was arrested I remember where we lived. I remember the car that the police officers showed up in. And I remember that, you know, we were all rushed to our bedroom and so that we wouldn't see what happened. And, and I remember that day, but that was the day, the last time I saw my dad as a free man for many, many years, he was in prison for 19 years. So from the time I was nine until the time, maybe it was 18 years from the time I was nine until the time I was 27 years old, my dad was in prison and it was nothing that he had done against our family or anything like that. It was a different situation, but he was in prison. And so he went in with me being a little girl and he came out with me being a 27 year old woman with three children of her own and a husband. And so definitely some adjustments happened after he got out of prison, but to go back a little before that, um, I had a, a younger sister. I do have a younger sister and I had a, a younger brother as well. And so there were three of us. I'm the oldest. And my mom now technically was a single parent with my dad in there in the prison. And so she had to do everything she could to try to make ends meet. 
if anything happened to her, I had to be the one to, you know, pick up the slack as the oldest. And so she broke her leg at one point. I think I was around 13 years old. She fell off a horse and shattered her knee and was hospitalized for three weeks. And so little Michelle had to, you know, clean and, and cook. And I didn't do it all alone. I had help from my grandparents and my aunts and things like that. But um, my mom ended up back home, but she was still in a hospital bed in the living room. And she would kind of supervise from there and tell me what to cook or tell me when I needed to wash her hair, various things like that. Well, over time, um, I started to notice some things. And my mom, she, I want to say this in as polite as I can, but she would eat her feelings. And it didn't start just when my dad went to prison. It was years before that. But I recall later her telling me that she was so upset one night that she cooked herself this big skillet of fried potatoes and another skillet of cream gravy and just ate it all. And I, I watched her do similar things over the years. I would watch her just eat. And she was somebody that was very stoic in her personality. And so she didn't cry a lot. You didn't, she never complained and she was very strong and she was very determined to make ends meet on her own. And so she went to school to be a physical therapist, not a physical therapist, a respiratory therapist. And when she finally finished school for that, she put us in daycare and went to work her job and it was a well-paying job. And, and she was highly, actually highly sought after. She did really well in school. And, but when she would leave for work early in the morning, my little sister, who was, you know, I don't know, five or something at the time she would cry and stand in the window of the daycare crying as my mom left for the day. And it finally got to my mom and she couldn't take it anymore. And she, she quit that job that she had just trained for and gone to school for and tried to figure out a way that she could stay home with us kids. And, you know, I don't know all of the details. I know we struggled and we had some really hard times and we had to get help and it wasn't easy, but um, there did come a time in later years where my mom ended up becoming a foster parent and taking in children. And by the time I was getting ready to graduate from high school, we had had several foster children in the home. And one of them we had had since she was four weeks old and we had had her for a couple of years. And I remember she, I took some of my senior pictures with her because she was essentially my baby. I mean, I loved her and I took care of her and you know, helped with her and all that stuff. And she ended up having to go back to her, her biological parents. And I almost died. I just remember my heart breaking. So I promise all of this has to do with my story, but anyhow, um, hard times. Um, my mom did end up adopting five more kids. And so she had a big family. And, and by the time I got married, when I was 18, she had adopted or was in the process of adopting two, I think. And then she ended up having, you know, adopting three more after that. Well, okay, so we're going to go fast forward again. I watched my mom over the years and how she handled her stress and how she did an exercise and she pretty much just would pull up as close as she could to the 
grocery store and send one of us in to get what she needed. And, and, um, I didn't, I remember, you know, I was going through years of yo-yo dieting at this time. I was, I would get pregnant. I would gain 60 pounds. I would want to lose the weight desperately after I had the baby and I would lose it all through whatever means necessary. I would get, become expecting again. I would gain 70 pounds. I would go on another fad diet, lose it all. And then I would get it, you know, pregnant again and not, you know, it just, it was just kind of, I have no regrets for any of my children and that's not what this is about, but I went through a series of yo-yo dieting and I've talked about that in a previous episode, but it was in the middle of when all this was happening that I tried to give my mom some advice about her weight. And it wasn't only once, but I, I don't think I approached it wisely. She didn't accept it very graciously. She was not happy with me talking to her about her size. It did come from a place of concern and love because I didn't want to see anything happen to her. But she basically said, Michelle, I know what I'm doing. I know how to lose weight and don't talk to me about it again is basically, basically what she said. And, and looking back now, I wouldn't listen to me either. I, I didn't have any good advice. I didn't have any anything solid, you know, to, to show her, to recommend to her. I was a chronic yo-yo dieter and, and why would she want to do any of what I was doing at that point in time? Yes, maybe I looked good for, you know, a year or two, but I always gained the weight back and I, you know, it just, it's no way to live. Let me just tell you, it's no way to live. So I can't blame her for not listening to me. But when I was 32, um, she came to me and said, basically, she was sick. There was something wrong. And at this point, she had she had adopted all of the children. And so she had two, no, she had four boys and one girl. The youngest was the same age as my youngest daughter. And the oldest was probably 18, let's say. Um, not counting her biological children, not counting us three. And so she was still very busy as a mom, you know, raising these, these children. And I was busy as a mom raising my children too. I had five at the, at this time. And she came to me and said that something was wrong and that she had a tumor and, you know, that she was afraid it was cancer. She hadn't gotten an official diagnosis and she didn't want to, but she felt like it was time that she needed to tell me. And my mom went to the same church that I go to. I saw her all the time at church, but I also saw her, of course, in a, you know, at her house and stuff. She's my mom. But, and I think I did know something maybe was up, but she was so private and so reserved. And like I said, so stoic, I didn't realize how serious that it was. Well, it was left to me to tell my sister if I remember correctly. And honestly, within a couple of months, things really spiraled. And this was the end of 2006, I believe. And it was basically every Christmas after every December. So 07, 08 and 09. Okay. So it was 07, 2007, 2008 and 2009. My mom was in a hospital bed 
Um, so 07, she was so sick. She ended up, you know, we ended up having to rent a hospital bed for her and a lift chair. 08, she, she had kind of gotten better and was up on her feet again and kind of back to normal. Um, but she got into a car accident on Christmas Eve and the cancer was back. And then in 2009, you know, right around the time that I found out I was expecting my youngest child, she called to tell me that it was back and that she needed 24 seven care again. And it was, it was just devastating, but she, she passed in January of 2010 and the, the day she passed, well, the day of her funeral, I was seven months pregnant with my youngest son and he was born, Gatlin was born exactly two months later to the day, two months after my mom passed away to the exact day. And that day, the day she died, I, I don't know if I can say it was the day she died or if it was the day of her funeral, but that day... I realized, and I kind of looked inside myself and realized I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to eat my feelings. And I guess I, I skipped a little bit of this. My mom, from the time I remember she was overweight as a, from a small child, my memories are my mom was overweight. But over the years, she just continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I understand I do. She, she went through so much. She went through so much that now when I look back, now that she's gone and now that I have my own children, some adults, some teenagers, I cannot imagine going through what she went through alone. And so I'm not criticizing her in any way, but she got to the point that when she did get sick that first year, 2007, she needed a bariatric size hospital bed. She needed a bariatric size lift chair. She was over 400 pounds. She was extremely obese and unhealthy and inactive. And while I would never be one to say that her weight caused her death. I, I, I won't ever say that. I don't have any idea what, you know, I, I, I'm not God, <laughs> but I looked on and I just thought, I don't want to follow in those footsteps. And I don't want that to happen to me. And so I had my baby and we had a lot of issues, you know, soon after that with my oldest son, teenagers, a lot of issues, a lot of problems, a lot of things to go through, a lot of stress myself. I ended up getting to my heaviest weight a couple of years after my mom passed away. I went through a really difficult time just emotionally. And by the time 2017 rolled around, so about seven years after my mom passed, I was taking care of my 95 year old grandmother who had said she was being abused uh, in the home she was staying in. So of course, when a family member called and said, can you take her? I said, of course, send her here, you know, I'll take care of her. So she stayed in my home for three weeks and it was absolutely a nightmare. I loved Mama so much, um, but she was kind of losing her mind. She was um, senile, getting senile. 
uh, or Alzheimer's. I'm not sure exactly what she had, some kind of dementia. Um, but she was saying things about me to other family members. I had other family members calling and threatening to legal action against me for things that I didn't do and all kinds of stuff. And my grandma ended up having to relocate to somewhere else. It broke my heart, but I was also, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I remember calling my sister and I said, pull up and just pick me up. I will be in the road waiting for you. And I, it had gotten to the point where I couldn't escape my home without, if my mamma saw me leaving, it, it was just really bad. And so I ran out to the road, to the middle of the dirt road. My sister pulled up, I jumped in her car and she just took me shopping for a couple hours. She bought me some pretty things for my house and I just needed a couple hours away. But when I got back and after things were arranged for my grandmother to be relocated somewhere else, immediately I started researching trainers, um, not trainers, I'm sorry, nutritionists. I thought that the one thought that I had in my mind was I can't, I, I knew that I had been a yo-yo dieter for all those years and I knew that I had done things that weren't sustainable long-term. And so I knew that this time it, it was like, once my grandma left, I realized, okay, all of this stuff that's gone on, you know, all of these things that we've gone through, I, I can't continue to live the way I'm living. I have to do something for me. And what that translated to in my mind was I need to do something about getting this weight off. I have to get this weight off some way, somehow, but it has to be sustainable. It has to be something that's not quote unquote a diet and I need help and I can't do it on my own and I need, I need somebody to help me. I started researching nutritionists. I don't, I didn't know what a nutritionist was. I didn't know what a dietitian was. I ended up hiring somebody. She was local to me. She ended up coming out to my house once a week. I think I paid her $50 every time she came to my house. And one week she would give me like a little lesson on nutrition or something. And then the next week she would exercise with me. And by exercise, I mean, she had this like, I don't know. If any of you use this, please don't be offended. But it was like this kind of hokey, like, springy thing that you put between your legs. And I guess it's supposed to work your quads or something. I, I don't know you guys, but it, yeah. And then she would walk with me across the street. We had a field, no fields left, unfortunately now, but back then there was still a field across from our neighborhood and we would walk the ditches like I don't know how to explain them, but like at a diagonal and we would crisscross them because she said it was really good exercise. We would walk down my street, lifting our hands up and down in the air, just kind of doing body weight, arm movements and things like that. So I'm not talking about anything intense. Okay. Before that, and I've talked about this before, the only kind of exercise I had done was walking. And so we started with walking. She tried to help me, you know, learn a little bit about strength training. We did some step exercises and, and while all of this was going on, I would walk and I would go every day and walk 30 minutes or whatever. 
So this whole thing progressed a little bit and within, let's see, six months, I had lost 50 pounds and she would measure me every week and yeah, not every week, every third week, she would take my measurements and make me step on the scale and, and write down, you know, whatever, how many inches I had lost. And, and I mean, she was helpful to me, but after six months, I felt like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this on my own. And, and so, you know, I didn't want to pay the $200 a month anymore. (laughs) And especially my weight loss had stalled. And I won't go into all the details, but anyhow, I ended up doing things on my own. I ended up getting a bike and started riding, started hiking with a friend. And that friend was the one who eventually about a year later asked me, well, why don't you try jogging? You've done all these other things. I ended up losing about 70 pounds. I had my highest weight, I think was 265, I think. And I ended up, I had ended up losing like 70 pounds or so. I don't know. I felt really good. I felt really great. Maybe I lost 80 pounds, but I was doing things I had never done before. I was brave and I went, uh, what do you call it? Where you stand up paddle boarding. Oh, it was so fun. And I didn't care how many times I fell off. It was so fun. I started hiking Camelback mountain, which is, it's a pretty intense hike here in Phoenix. I did uh Piestoa peak. I hiked the Grand Canyon down and out twice, once in the same day. And the other time we spent the night at the bottom and I started doing all of these things, but I had 10 pounds that was hanging on to me and I couldn't lose it. And that's when my friend said, well, why don't you try jogging? So that's where the whole running, the story behind how I started running, but there's a little bit more that I wanted to add. So I've shared up to the, up to that, that day, I've shared that day before. Why don't you try jogging? I know I've shared about that and how my running journey started. So I want to fast forward to where I'm at today. So a couple days ago, what is it? It's Monday. So yesterday, yesterday I was at church and there's a lady there that I have known for 30 years. So she's known me from the time I was probably, you know, 18, 19 years old. And she knew my mom really well. She was a really, really good friend of my mom's. And she helped, she helped me so much take care of my mom when my mom needed 24 seven care. And she was always there to help me and, and do whatever I needed to do with my mom. She was such a good friend. And so she knows me and she knew my mom. So she came up to me yesterday at church and she said, you know, you walked by earlier during the service and, and out of the corner of my eye, it was just like your mom walked by. And she said, you were just looking so much like your mom, you're just so much more like your mom or something like that, which, okay, I, you guys do not take this the wrong way. I know I should consider that's a compliment. I've always looked like my mom. Even when I was a kid, I've always looked like my mom, but when I put weight on, I look more like my mom because my mom was heavy too. She was heavier than I've ever been. And she was heavier than I am now for sure. But the first thing that comes to my mind when somebody tells me, 
oh, you're looking more like your mom. The first thing that comes to my mind is you've put on weight. You look more like your mom because you, you're chubbing out. You're, you've gotten fat. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind. So I don't know what I told her. I might have said, oh, well, that's good or thank you or I have no idea. But it bothered me the whole rest of the day. And so last night after church, we went to the grocery store and we're getting ready to check out. And my poor, my poor husband, you know, he has to deal with all kinds of crazy things that I say and do. But I asked him, I said, um, have, have you noticed that I've gained weight? And he's like, huh? And I said, do you think that I've, I've gotten fatter? Like, do you think I've gained weight? And of course I know that that's a loaded question. He knows it's a loaded question. He hates it when I ask him loaded questions. He said, I don't know. If you really want to know, go weigh yourself. Okay. Reasonable response, right? Except a very bad response in my opinion, because I haven't weighed myself since January of 2021 on purpose because I've already talked about this in other episodes too. So please forgive me if you've already heard me say this, but I used to obsess and weigh myself every single day at the same exact time before I mean, you know, before I would eat anything, before I got in the shower, everything I would, I would just make to make sure it would be the lowest weight possible. If I gained half a pound, it ruined my day. If I lost weight, it made my day and it made me obsess the entire day over exactly everything that went in my mouth so that that scale would not go up. It was a really bad time in my life when I used to weigh myself obsessively. And when I used to obsess over every bite of food, it was literally from the time I would wake up in the morning until the time I went to bed. And I, I can only imagine that I was not very fun to live with those days, those years, however long it was that I did this. And so for my husband to suggest for me to go weigh myself, I, I could not believe he was suggesting that because I thought, wow, have you already forgotten those days, you know? And, and so I just didn't say anything because I knew it would do any good. And I know that ultimately my weight, my size, it is my responsibility and not his, if you know what I'm saying. Now today I am, I am really feeling like I'm, I'm sort of tempted to weigh myself because I, in a way I want to know, have I gained weight? Nothing really has happened to cause me to think I've gained weight, except I, I never like the way I look in pictures. I never like the way I look in reels. When I film myself for Instagram and I see my stomach jiggle, I, I detest it. I hate it so much. It bothers me so much. And yesterday I feel like maybe I have an extra role that I didn't used to have. I don't know because I don't weigh myself and I do not follow a strict diet. And I, because of, there were years when I did a very strict diet where I would eat the same meal for every single day, uh, multiple times a day. And I would do it like 30 days at a time when I got away from that. I kind of went a little bit too far the other way 
and started eating the foods that I hadn't had in years. And, and so somewhere between giving myself permission to eat the foods that I used to think were bad, I, I've kind of gotten lost somewhere in the middle and, and I need to get back to where I'm eating healthy, but yet I'm still allowing myself to have foods that I want to eat as well. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. I don't know what the answer is. I don't want to be fat, but I also don't want to obsess for the rest of my life and have to never enjoy another meal again and never have another cinnamon roll because I have to keep my figure svelte, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm okay with so many days. I'm okay with being the size that I am. So many days, most of the time I'm okay. And I joke around and I call it my fabulous figure because I know I'm larger than I need to be. I know I'm larger than a lot of other people, but I also know that my body can do amazing things and that I've been able to run a lot of miles and that I've been able to accomplish a lot of goals since I started running. Even though I do have the size body that I have, I know that there's nothing morally wrong with being my size. I know that I don't have any medical conditions to be concerned about. I know I don't have high blood pressure and I know that I don't have high cholesterol and I know that I don't have, you know, I don't have diabetes and I, I know all of those things. And so in that sense, there's nothing inherently wrong with me being this size. I'm very active, but there's just those times when, when I just wish that I looked different when I just wish that I could be smaller and look the way I used to look. You know what I'm saying? Not like a teenager or anything, but just even if I could just lose, you know, some of the weight, just get rid of my tummy. If somebody could just come and like, like slice my tummy off, that's kind of graphic. Okay. Maybe that's not great. But I felt that before, like my rear sticks out so much in the back and I feel like my stomach almost sticks out as much in the front. So if somebody could come and just like chop the stomach part off and if it would all just seal back and be good, then I feel like I would be happy. I would still be plus size, but I feel like I would look so much better and then, you know, it would be great, which obviously, okay, that kind of surgery is not an option, but that's all I can think of, which leads me to where I'm at right now. I don't know what to do. (laughs) I even reached out to Amy, the running dietitian on Instagram, because she worked with me all of 2021, getting rid of the diet mindset, getting rid of the diet mentality and helping me not become body positive. I don't, I don't love body positivity. I'll just be honest, but to become more body neutral, to become okay with who I am and realize it's okay to be in the body that I am in. So she's helped me a ton. And so, um, even though I'm not officially working with her right now, and I know she's in the hospital, um, trying to get her little baby to, you know, cook a little bit longer so that she can give birth and in, um, in a safe, at a safe date, I messaged her and reached out and asked, is there a good time? Is there ever a good time for me to weigh myself and kind of explain the situation that I was in? And so she messaged me and, and asked if, if I, if it would, I don't know what she said. She said, 
would it be beneficial for you to weigh yourself or would it cause you to spiral into old patterns? And that's, that's as far as we've gotten so far and definitely something to think about. But I wanted to share some of the backstory as far as, again, so my dad, I I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode, my dad did end up passing away from pancreatic cancer in 2019. Um, It was the very first day of school. I knew that he was sick. He had gotten diagnosed four months prior. The medical team told him he had about four months. They told him he had about 16 weeks and it was almost 16 weeks to the day before he passed. But uh, unfortunately he, he died. I got the call as I was dropping my children off at school. They were all in the car and it was just not, not a good day, but you know, thankfully we had, um, when, 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 when a parent spends 19 years in prison and goes away when their children are young and then gets out and their children are married with a spouse and children, there's a lot of repairing that needs to be done on, on both sides. I, you know, there were a lot of boundaries that had to be set, but fortunately by the time he passed away, we had really bonded and become very close and healed our relationship. That is, that is what happened with my dad. So I feel like our parents do have a bearing on how we, how we view life and how we end up reacting to situations too. Um, I do feel like seeing my mom eat her feelings. Um, I, I don't know if I just inherited that desire from her or if seeing her caused me to want to eat my feelings too. And if that's why I, you know, gained so much weight with my pregnancies, I have no idea, but you know, I'm not definitely not blaming her and I'm definitely not blaming my dad. I just wanted to share some of the backstory, the reason behind the reason I started running, if that makes sense. I think I'm going to call the episode the reason behind the reason I started running. Okay, I'm going to shift gears here real quick, and hopefully you're still here hanging around. But I wanted to tell you, I did a post the other day about wanting to be like my coach when I grow up, and even though my coach is younger than me. Um, and wanting to run a hundred mile race like her. And so obviously, you know, if I'm going to ever run a hundred mile race someday, I need to get over my situation where I think I'm too fat. Right. But I've appreciated the different comments that have come through and different messages and suggestions for races and just how my Instagram friends always have my back and how my coach has my back and said, let's do it. And, you know, it's not something that's going to happen in the near future. I maybe next year, maybe 2024 will be the year I run my hundred miler. That would be awesome. But I am looking forward to at least having those hundred miles as a dream. I've had that dream for a few years. I've mentioned it before in posts and reels and things, but it's always kind of scary to bring up because I'm always afraid that people are going to make fun of me and think I'm ridiculous because, because I do look the way that I do and because I am as slow as I am. But I think with the right course cutoffs and the right situation that I could absolutely train to run that distance. And so that's one thing. The other thing is I'm having trouble with one of my 
ankles currently. So my right ankle, if you look carefully at my posts and reels on Instagram, you'll see I wear a brace on my right foot every time I'm running. It's at races, training runs, it doesn't matter. I do not wear it just for walking. I do not wear it for hiking. I don't wear it for anything else except for running. And that is because when I was training for Chicago last year, my physical therapist insisted that if I was going to be able to run Chicago Marathon, and especially if I was going to run trails, that that brace needs to be on during every single run. And so I've been good and I've been consistent with doing that. Um, And the reason for that is that my right ankle is very, it's kind of the tendons in there are very sloppy from different sprains over the years that did not heal properly that I did not take care of when they happened. And I have been noticing some of those same symptoms that I had about a year ago with my left ankle and nothing happened. Like I didn't get injured or anything, but I quit doing all of the warmups that I used to do. For one thing, it's just too hot outside to be out there longer than I need to be. And I just get lazy sometimes. I haven't been recovering. I used to be really good about using my Theragun and loosening up my calves and this and that. And I have not been doing my mobility stuff. And so I feel like it was just a perfect storm. And so now my left ankle is giving me some issues too. So I'm going to be really careful this week. It's race week, Saturday night. I'm running the Vertigo Night Runs 20K out at my favorite park, White Tank Mountain Regional Park, where very close to my house. Super excited to run this race. And I'm just really, really hoping that my ankle doesn't give me grief and cause me to not be able to do that. And so I'm going to be careful this week and do all the mobility and take the rest days when they're prescribed and and just take it easy and just do what I need to do to really work on this. And hopefully it will not give me any problems during the race. So thank you so much for being here this week, for listening to Storytime with Michelle. I really appreciate your support, your continued support of my podcast. Fun of the Run would not be possible without you, without without you continuing to encourage me to spill my guts on this podcast every week. So thank you to each and every one of you. And remember to reach out to me at funoftherun at gmail.com or on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. I always love hearing from you. Now go out there and have fun on your run. And I hope that you'll join me next time.